The Joy FM Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and you know it's basketball season here in Alabama, and you know this is the best time of the year as we're fast approaching March Madness. So I decided to talk to a few fans of Alabama and Auburn as you know there's been kind of a tale of two different sides there with Auburn having multiple come from behind victories Alabama's inability to keep a lead uh, so I decided like I said to talk to a few fans here uh, to get their thoughts on the season for the two programs currently I'm joined by Ben Givens Ben Givens lives here in Dothan Alabama huge Auburn Tiger fan and uh you know, I'm glad to have you on the show, Ben. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me. Now, Ben, you know, with your Tigers, if you mm-hmm. could describe them with one word, what would that one word be with this year's Tiger team? Resilient. You know, with all the overtimes and playing as a team, I, I you know, I honestly think this team is a a little bit better than last year's team. So, you know, it's funny you say resilient. That was a one word that came to my mind as well with – uh, all the comfort behind victories they've had, and we'll, you know, touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, resilient was the one word that came to my mind when I thought about the question as well. Now, you're talking about this year's team being better than last year's team that lost Bryce Brown and Jared Harper and Chuma Okiki. Are you surprised at all with the Tigers' 24 and 4 record? No, I'm not. I, I, I think they, you know, I think they're a better defensive team this year than what they were last year. I think last year they had to outscore a lot of teams. And I just think that just, you know, you know, they're on all around, you know, they play better as a team is what I think makes them better. And that's why I've had a, you know, a sneaking suspicion that this year was going to be a pretty good year. You know, you're, you're, you're right about that suspicion, man. The Tigers uh, definitely have not disappointed um from their final four run last year. Um, so, you know, still talking about this year's team, and we, you know, I've kind of alluded to the comebacks that they've had, you know, multiple double-digit comebacks when, you know, you're down yes. 14 to Furman, you're down 17 to Tennessee, you know, LSU, you're down 12 at the half, 19 against Ole Miss, you know, even Arkansas, you're down 11 with six minutes left in the game. Um, yeah. You know, this year's team, like you said, has been resilient. But if you could have one game back that they didn't win, which game would that be? I would say Florida, the Florida game. I I just think they went into that game just, you know, after getting basically just beat by Alabama. I mean, they I mean, they had the better team that night and it showed by the score. But then they just they just went to Florida and just acted like. You know, they didn't know how to play anymore, and and I honestly think that you know that that you know that's kind of led to two of the other road losses. You know, not you know not being able to just come together, and you know when they get on the road, it's like they you know they're lost. They don't know what to do. Now, why do you think that is? I mean, of course, we all know how tough it is to win on the road, especially in conference play. Uh, And so you have Alabama on the road, Florida on the road, uh, Georgia on the road, and then 
uh, Missouri on the road as well. So they're still undefeated at home, correct? Correct. So, yes, I think as of last night, they are eighteen and zero at home since the Ole Miss loss last year. Wow, that's impressive, man. Uh, you yeah. know, when and that's the thing about Auburn. Uh, not only I'm just going to say Auburn, but I'm just say every school in general. You know, they have a winning program. You know, it's easy to get behind. You know, any team that wins. But I'll tell you the difference with this Auburn program is Bruce Pearl. You know, he yeah. has this this motivation, this mag magnetic personality that draws players, that draws fans to show up to these games and create that, you know, this just hectic atmosphere that the Tigers have down in Auburn. Uh, speaking of Bruce Pearl, we all know how good of a coach he is. I mean, he's one of the best in the country, but what is it about him that separates him from the other coaches? You know, I think he's, you know, I think he's a player's coach. Um, he, you know, and he's a fans coach. I mean, you know, his first year when he came in before season started, I mean, he was going into classrooms without the, you know, the professors knowing and bringing donuts for exams. And, you know, um, back when they had Kentucky on Saturday, you know, you know, he, you know, he went out there to the students lined up and brought biscuits to them. I mean, it's hard not to rally around a guy that, you know, you feel like, Hey, you know, this guy, he's at home. He's, you know, he's part of the family. You know, I know that's a big thing at Auburn is family. And, and, and I just think he's, you know, you know, people, people gather to him, I guess would be the best way to say it. Now you speaking of Bruce Pearl and him being a player's coach, um, on this year's team, which player has impressed you the most? Who that's hard to say. We've got, uh, um, you know, we've got some players that stepped up this year compared to last year, like, you know, you know, Samir Dowdy. I mean, you know, he averaged, you know, six or seven a game, maybe eight a game last year. And, you know, now he's on that 14, 15, 16. But, you know, you know, but then you've got the freshman Okoro that, you know, that's come in. It's just, you know, you know, he's taking the team by storm. And, you know, you could see the difference in the team from the last three games when he was out. You know, they looked a little out of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, to hear Pearl talk about him, I mean, you know, he's a gym rat. He's, you know, he's always in the gym. He's trying to get better at this. He's, you know, he works. But I think looking at him coming into this year, I thought, okay, you know, he's going to have flashes. You know, he's going to have a 20 point game, but then he's going to have a couple six point games. And he's just been consistent. And I mean, he's, I mean, he's probably impressed me the most. You know, uh, you know, I spoke on Okoro last week and I was talking about yeah. the mm-hmm. SEC freshman that's impressed me. And he, like I said, he doesn't play like a freshman. Like if no. you didn't know his classification, you wouldn't think he is a freshman because he doesn't, he doesn't seem rattled. He doesn't really get in a hurry. I mean, he just has a very mature approach, uh, to his game. And, you know, I enjoy watching him play. I mean, and I agree yeah. with you. Like when he went down, you saw two different teams. You saw Auburn yeah, with yes. Okoro that was, that looked unbeatable. And then you saw, uh, Okoro when he was down. And it's like, you know, you're back down to earth. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, it's good to have him back, you know, fully, hopefully fully healthy as the Tigers are approaching, you know, my favorite time of the year, which is March Madness. And, you know, yeah. going going into March Madness, as an Auburn fan, what concerns you most about this team as they prepare for this time of the year? 
you know, maybe with the, you know, as many overtime games of, you know, you know, as they played, you know, in a, you know, in a way makes me, you know, a little worried, like, okay, you know, at some point, you know, this bubble's going to bust and we're not going to win this overtime game. Cause I, cause I think they are, I believe they are undefeated in all the overtime games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and at some point, you know, as a fan, I'm thinking, all right, they're going to let me down. They're going to let me down somewhere. I don't know where. And I just hope it's not in the tournament. But, you know, I think they're a good enough team, you know, that I think they can go a long ways. Will they get to the Final Four again? I don't know. Could they win a championship? Yeah. But I just don't like, you know, I just hope they get a one, two, or three seed, not a four seed, because they like to lose in the first round. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We all know the four, uh, was it four thirteen matchups? You know, those yeah. are always, and it's always tough trying to figure out which one's going to be an upset because you know it's going to be one, if not two, uh, in that first round. And so when you feel like your bracket, okay, I got to make sure there's a four thirteen upset in here because it is every single year, it never fails. So, uh, yes, I agree yes. with you on there that yeah, the Tigers yeah. are in, in good shape though. Uh, now let yeah. me ask you before I let you go real quick, um. What about the free throw concerns? Is there you still have any issues or, or yes. hesitancy about them not being able to knock down free throws? Um, I, yes, I mean you know you see a streak where they'll you know they'll get up at, you know you know shooting free throws well. I mean they shot free throws well against Kentucky, mm-hmm. which they shot a lot of them. Yeah, forty four. Um, yeah, yeah forty four. So um, you know. You know, you hope you're getting that 75% when you're shooting that many. But, I mean, the game last night, I know it was just last night. But, you know, there was, you know, there was, there was probably 10 or 11 free throws missed that would have just made the game a whole lot easier last night. And so, you know, I, you know, now to your question earlier about this year's team and last year's team, last year's team, you know, your guys that shot free throws were the three guys that are gone, and they were all 80 and 90% shooters. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we don't have that this year. You know, even Dowdy being one of the better ones, he's still at like 72. Yeah. You know, I mean, so they're just very streaky, and, I, you know, I would love for Pearl just to have a, you know, just a practice of, hey, we're just going to shoot free throws. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're going to do. You know, we're, you know what, we're going to, you know, for an hour, we're going to shoot free throws. Okay, guys, we can go eat lunch and then come back and we'll do some more practicing. But we're going to shoot free throws because, because I mean, I mean, I mean, that could be, you know, a win or a loss in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, if you're playing a, you know, if you're playing a Kansas and you know you're playing them right on and they're fouling you and you're missing free throws, you know, Kansas is going to beat you yeah. at some point because they've got great players. Yeah, any close game, like you said, you you know, you miss 12 free throws, lose by five. You know, like things yes, like yes. that, it, it it comes back to get you. I mean, I think about back when John Calipari was at Memphis and he kept saying we we're going to make him when it counts, we're going to make him when it counts. And then that year in the national championship, Derrick Rose missed his, Chris Douglas Roberts missed his, 
And they and then Mario Chalmers hits the three to send it to overtime. Kansas national champions just like that. So uh yeah, free right. throws are critical, man. Anytime, like I said, when you get to tournament time, it's gonna be a close game more than likely. And then when it yeah. is a close game, it's gonna be those free throws that could, you know, make or break you in those in those type situations. You know, and especially when you're a team, you know, like you know, like Auburn with Dowdy driving a lot. And I mean he's a good driver and you've got a Kuro driving and you know you know, and you've got McCormick that, you know, if those guys get fouled, man, I mean, you know, you've got to be, you know, 10 of 11 for the night, you know, when it comes to tournament time to know, hey, if we're going to drive, we're going to get fouled, we've got to make these free throws. And that's what's going to, you know, that's what, you know, that's what's going to put them in the, you know, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, maybe the championship, and you know, if we don't have a bad referee, and maybe a win. Ben, man, I truly appreciate you swinging by the sweet spot. Uh, good luck to your Tigers this Saturday as they take on the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. So, uh, and that should be a, a good rematch, man. I'm looking forward yes. to seeing how that game goes down. Yes, before you do let me go, I do have to give a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, you know, of an opinion. So last year, Auburn went 0 and 2 against Ole Miss, 0 and 2 against Kentucky. This year they're two and zero against Ole Miss, one and zero against Kentucky. So I'm calling for a win Saturday. If I'm wrong, just just or you can delete this part. Man, I I appreciate you sharing that nugget with us. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see how if the tables. I said if I can talk, if the tables have finally turned completely from last year's. Uh, two losses against Ole Miss, two losses against against Kentucky. But you know, Lexington Lexington will be rocking come Saturday. Yes, you know, they're hungry for this rematch, and you know, Tyrese Maxey, Richards, uh, Hagen, all those guys, man, they're going to be you know dying for for a revenge opportunity. So uh, I think Saturday will not disappoint. You know, yep. whether, whether it's a Tigers win or a Tigers loss, I think it's going to be a good one, man. Now, That's right, Ben, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, hey man. Bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Like I said, good, good luck to your Tigers this weekend and the rest of the way. All right. Now, that was Ben Givens here in Dothan, Alabama, a huge Auburn Tiger supporter uh, as we are seeing the Auburn Tigers in this new regime with Bruce Pearl. He's been there for a few years. Now you're starting to see the fruits of his labor. Now, when we return, we're going to continue with this episode of The Sweet Spot. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Welcome back to the sweet spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, as we continue this basketball show with Alabama and Auburn. Uh, I'm joined currently by Jeremy Holden. He's been on the show quite a few times uh, from Madison, Alabama. Jeremy, man, thank you for being on the show again. Thank you for having me again, Corey. Now, Jeremy, with your Alabama Crimson Tide, if there was one word you could describe this year's team, what would that one word be and why? Inconsistent. Um, And that would be they. They show you flashes of a really, really good team, but then they every time you get up for them, they let you down. Uh, I was joking with a coworker as far as our chances of getting the tournament, and after one game, you'd be like, okay, big win, we have a chance, and then the next game, 
just like the Mississippi State game that just passed, they let you down. And I know sometimes it's injuries and other things, but that's just been how this whole year has gone. And really, they've been in several of the games, but they just can't seem to close some of the games. And I, a lot of that is that inconsistency, which goes back to turnovers and uh, shot selection sometimes, but definitely turnovers. Now, with the Crimson Tide being 15 and 13, 7 and 8 in the conference, is this kind of what you expected going into this season? I was kind of open I, I, because the new coach and the new system, I really didn't know what to expect. And I know they have some returning players, so I, I thought they would be competitive, which they have been. So I was really open. I um, I was hopeful that they would be a, a tournament team, but I didn't have any really concrete expectations, I'll say. Now, we all know Alabama's had their share of blown leads, you know, with you know, leading most of the game against Penn State, uh, up 21 against Florida, up 15 against Tennessee, uh, 12 against Texas A&M, and, you know, even a 12-0 and start against the Razorbacks. Um, talk about, you know, if you had one game to get back from one of those losses that you could turn into a victory, which game would it be? There's a lot to choose from. <laughs> but I'll say the one that I, I definitely think we had the, the biggest opportunity that I would want back is probably the Florida game because we just literally gave that one away. We handed it away with the turnovers and the missed free throws. So I think that's the one you can easily say. Now, we were like we were in several games, as you mentioned, and even the Auburn game, but I don't know if I can say we had that game won because Auburn kind of controlled that game for the most of it. So I would I would probably say the Florida game because of how it was lost and just the late turnovers, the late giveaways uh, that the Alabama did and the missed free throws and just missed opportunities. Really, that's one that we definitely should have won. Now, Jeremy, you uh you played basketball in high school and uh, in college as well. So you've played quite a few games and you know how fast paced the game of basketball is and how quickly momentum can shift too now do you what do you attribute I mean I know you talked about turnovers and and missed free throws and missed opportunities but kind of talk about basketball and how quickly a double digit lead can evaporate well I think it all depends to me the most important position and I'm biased but the most important position is the guard play and everything both ends of the floor centers around your point guard to me because they initiate the offense and they're the first line of defense so if you can, which Alabama has a great guard in Kyle Lewis, if you can control that as far as the turnovers go and the defensive side, because that's one of the important things to me. I think a lot of, I'll say the Alabama fans I've talked to, I think a lot of what they overlook is the defensive side, which goes back to the first question, inconsistency. Um, that's how games can flip. If you let off uh, defensively, you can let a team back in easily, especially with turnovers when you're giving them extra opportunities and the style of play that Alabama plays is up and down and a lot of quick shots, a lot of threes. If you're not hitting, that opens up the door for another team to get back in. And as the question you asked, it also gives Alabama a chance to get back in game. So, yeah, momentum, it all ties back to style of play and uh, the point guard position to me. Yeah, I think sometimes fans don't understand just how I mean, basketball is a long game, and it's up and it down is. the whole way. So you're up 16, and all of a sudden, you know, this team 
you know, reels off eight straight points, and it's it's an eight point ball game now. It's like this is a game again. Like they were looking to chip away, get it under ten by a certain time frame, and all of a sudden it's like the pressure is shifted back to the team who's trying to cling on to that lead. So I think sometimes when leads are blown, fans who don't really, who haven't may not have played the game a lot, don't really fully comprehend how tough it is to keep a lead throughout a game and how fast-paced possessions, steals, blocks. Yeah. I mean, just like that, you got a, a bad shot turned into a quick layup and then, you know, a turnover leads into a three, and it's just, you know, here it is now. You're trying to, like, cling on for life to, to finish a game. But and, and, Corey, I don't know if you watched that Auburn and Tennessee game. That comes to mind. That game, I was literally watching the game, and Tennessee controlled it. They were, I think, 17 in the second half. And I literally left the room to go do something in a different room. When I got back to watch the TV, the lead was cut to seven. And I know it was probably literally two minutes spurt. But it, like you say, that's how the game can change that quickly. And defense, I think, was the key to the Auburn. And then they hit some big shots, you know. So that's how quick it can turn. Yeah, I think I think basketball, like I said, with a quick pace, like you mentioned, and we talked about, is the one sport where leads, no lead is safe. I mean, Correct. you know, football is slower. You're up three touchdowns. I mean, you got a chance to eat clock and just you're still trying to move the chains and get any kind of points on the board. Uh, baseball, I mean, even if you have a five-run lead in baseball, that's, you know, that's pretty safe for the most yeah. part. But like I said, you up 15 in a basketball game. Who knows, man? It's still a lot left, and I've, you know, been a part of a few heartbreaks. Um, I've been a, a part of a few, you know, joyous come from behind victories, as I spoke about on last week's show with uh, my UCLA Bruins coming from behind mm-hmm. and beat Gonzaga in that game where I believe they trailed by 17 in that uh, Sweet 16 matchup. So, yeah, basketball is so fast-paced. It's just like that. Like you said, you leave the room. And all of a sudden, it's a ball game again, you know. So uh, that's the one of the joys and kind of, I guess, curses of basketball. Oh, yeah. It depends on which way uh, of the spectrum you're on. But now, you know, continuing this talk about the Crimson Tide, what's the biggest positive difference that you've seen in Nate Oates' coaching style as opposed to Avery Johnson? I think it's glaring. And I'll even go back to Anthony Grant. Like, I was a – big-time Anthony Grant fan, and I still am, so I'm glad that Dayton is doing well. But those coaches, you know, Anthony Grant was more defensive. Avery Johnson, I I really didn't get a good feel of his specifics. Uh, I think it was defensive, but he wanted to speed the pace up at times. But Nate Oates is all, you know, pedal to the floor. That's what it's about. And I think it's a great style for the fans, and it's – I think this year is an adjustment period, so I think that has something to do with some of the turnovers, but that's the biggest difference, the pace and the confidence that he gives his players to shoot those shots. Um, I was talking to my brother about Auburn and them getting Bruce Pearl, and I, well, I thought that was such a great pickup because their teams play defense, and he gives them confidence to shoot the ball on offense. And basketball is a confidence game, and if you have that green light, just just – if you're a good shooter, it helps. But if you have the green light, that makes it even better. So I think that's the th- that's the biggest difference in this Nate Oates coach team than the previous two coaches. You know, you talked about Auburn and Alabama and how they kind of play similar styles. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I remember the first game in Tuscaloosa where the Crimson Tide uh, handed the Tigers their first de- defeat of the season. 
you could tell in the first six minutes. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> this crowd is into it. Bama is pushing Auburn to the middle. And I wasn't surprised at all the way uh, that game ended with Crimson Tide uh, beating Auburn the way that they did because both teams play fast, and Auburn – was 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 on that slippery slope, you know what I'm saying? They had yeah, twelve turnovers yeah. at the half and averaged twelve for the season, you know, for the for the whole game I should say. So at halftime they'd already had, you know, matched their their season average and turnover. So yeah. Even going into the game in Auburn where the Crimson Tide lost in overtime, you know, Auburn jumped out, you know, with a huge lead. Oh, I mean yeah, they had time. full momentum in the first, you know, six, seven, eight minutes of that first half and Alabama just steadily chipped away as we talked about momentum and uh, how quickly leads can turn and like I said, that game went into overtime and you know, you talked about having a green light for both teams. There was some bad shots for both teams in that game too. We talked about this whole shot selection. Uh, you know, two of the, the, the Auburn and Alabama, both of them just taking shots. It's like, okay, it's not a good shot. It's not the shot you want there. This is a tie game, you know, this is overtime but, uh, but like I said, that's at least, like you mentioned, and with your brother, uh, just having that confidence, giving that confidence to players because, you know, you talked about basketball, but even in other sports, when you don't have that confidence instilled mm-hmm. from your coach, now you're hesitant out there on the court. Yeah. You're second-guessing yourself on the field, and that only makes matters worse for uh, any type of player. I don't care if you're 12 or you you know, 37. It don't matter. Like, That's if you true. know you can't play – to the full confidence of your abilities that's like I mentioned instilled from your coach then like I said that only uh you're just going to be out there thinking and thinking and when you think out there in a in a game of any sport there's a lot of mistakes that's waiting to happen yeah cause hesitation that's all it does and that's never a good position to be uh whether it's baseball football basketball hockey I don't care you can't it's it's sports are reactionary yeah. you got to you know go off instincts and and not much of what you're thinking about. It has to be all about what you're doing and what you're feeling. Now, talking about this Crimson Tide basketball team with Nate Oates in his first year, which player, though, are you impressed with the most this season? Uh, easily for me. Uh, well, I'll say Kyle Lewis has been great, and I think he was good last year, but you can tell he was a freshman. Um, but I, I think he's been awesome. But to me, because I was critical of him at times as uh, John Petty with his inconsistency, I think he's been awesome this year as far as his improvement, his three-point shot, which we all knew he had, but it's been a lot more consistent. That may be with the confidence from the coach, but his defense has been good. He rebounds the ball, and he he doesn't only shoot threes. He'll actually drive in as well now. So I, I think his improvement has been the biggest this year. Like I say, I, I don't want to overlook Kyra because he's been just – amazing he'll take over games by itself but um just because of the difference in years i would say uh john petty now speaking of the two guys you just mentioned john petty and kyle lewis now you live in madison which is in north alabama yes. uh, john petty went to may jemison which is located in huntsville kyle lewis went to hazel green uh which is in north alabama as well talk about those two did you get a chance to watch them at all when they were in high school now, I only watched Kyra Lewis once, and that was in the state tournament his senior year, and he was pretty impressive then. But, you know, of course, teams kind of geared on him, but you can tell he had a toughness about him um, that he could he could take anything that was coming at him. John Petty I've seen a few times, and I actually seen him at the rec just playing free ball, 
And the thing about him, he was playing older kids, but you can tell he had that confidence. Like, even though I'm a high schooler, I can take these 25, 28-year-olds. That's nothing to me. So you knew those guys just by the way they're built, that they were going to be pretty talented players. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at what they're doing at all. And it actually takes me back to Levi Randolph. You know, he played at Alabama as well and went to Bob Jones. I remember playing with him, and I'm several years older than him, but he he fit in with us just like he was one of the guys. Of course, his body was smaller, but the way he played and the way he just, I, I can say, fit in, he was a shooter then, and he knew how to, you know, take contact. He stayed in the gym. So you can tell at a young age when those guys are able to play with older kids and still just, you know, they may not dominate, but they can fit in. You can tell there's something special about some of them. Man, yeah, I remember Levi very well. Uh, like I said, his time at Alabama, and you know, yeah, Trevor Lacy, who spent a few yep. years there as well, who's who went to Butler from North Alabama, also. Uh, so yeah, Alabama's had their their share of homegrown talent, kind of you know, take over at the next level in the college, or you know, even playing in international as well. So uh, man, it's pretty cool that you got a chance to you know play with Levi, play with Levi Randolph, and you know, see uh, Kyra Lewis play. Uh, at the state tournament as well. You know, it's always cool when you get a chance to say, man, I remember back when, you know, (laughs) and then seeing their progression uh, in their careers. Now, there's one player I really love that's currently on the Alabama roster. Like, I I love Jaden Shackelford, but I I, I love Herb Jones too, man. Uh, Talk about Herb Jones and that moment where, you know, he's playing with a fractured left wrist, which is his shooting hand, but he's – he knocked down those two free throws against LSU with his right hand to help seal that victory, which was the same team he hurt his wrist against in the first place. <laughs> so talk about how special that moment was when you uh, uh, saw Herb Jones knock down those free throws on that special night in Tuscaloosa. It just goes back to life lessons, man. It's just, to me, no excuses. That's what it amplified to me because, you know, he could have been one of the players that's be like, I'm not going to play till I'm completely healthy. But he's out there risking it anyway, and maybe the doctor said it won't be injured, but still just, you know, he's limited. And the way he plays so hard, even with that um, brace on his wrist, but just to go up there and shoot with the other hand, that lets me know he practiced on it. He was prepared for the opportunity. And, you know, for the coach to even have him out there in that situation, I mean, that's just, I think even non-Alabama fans will have to look at that and be like, that's, that's, that's something special there. So, I mean, like I said, to me, it just teaches life lessons where no matter what, don't make excuses and just do what you can do, you know. And, you know, uh, in that game, he also had 17 rebounds, man. So, you're talking, about, <laughs> you're talking about a guy playing with a fractured wrist with a cast on his left hand, which is his most dominant hand, and he still pulls down 17 rebounds. Yeah. Uh, against elite competition. Man, exactly. Like, LSU is one of the best teams in the conference and very athletic and 17 rebounds. I can't, I can't imagine. Like I said, there's guys out there fully healthy, uh, seven foot tall. I mean, I look at the Lopez brothers in Milwaukee with the Bucks. Like, they've never been good rebounders. And, you know, they think Brooke averages like six for his entire career. Dude, you're seven foot, you know. Yeah. So, and here you got like Herb Jones pulls down 17 with one rebound, with, uh, with one hand, you know, against the LSU Tigers, okay. man. And, that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a discussion for, for another day, man. We, we go off on a tangent with, you know, guys like that. But, uh, now, Jeremy, before I let you go, man, you know, Alabama's right there on the bubble, man, you know, kind of on the outside looking in. Um, 
what's your thoughts going into March? Uh, what's your expectations as the Crimson Tide tries to find some way to get into the NCAA tournament? I'll just start up front with saying I don't expect them to make it into the tournament. Just too many losses. Um, and I was telling Antoine, your brother, last night that if, which is biased on me, if the committee was able to watch them play watch all their games, they would be like, this is a, a tournament-capable team by the way they play. But you have to take into account those wins and losses, and I think just too many losses to justify them getting in unless it's a major collapse by some of the eight teams in front of them. I, I think their only hope is to win out, which they needed to beat Mississippi State, which they lost that one, but to win out and then go to the championship game of the SEC tournament. And I don't even know if they'll consider the, the SEC tournament games when they're doing the criteria, but I really think that's their only shot. So I, I don't think they can get in, even though I think this year's SEC tournament will be great TV and any team can beat any team just about. So, um, I just think that they've kind of dug themselves in too deep, deep of a hole to, to really make any noise. Well, Jeremy, man, I appreciate you swinging by the sweet spot as always. Like I, like I always say, man, you're more than welcome to share your thoughts and your insight on, uh, you know, current topics. And, man, good luck to your Crimson Tide the rest of the way. I believe they have the Gamecocks coming up on Saturday. Yes. Uh, so it'll be an interesting game with Frank Martin as the head coach there, man. So, Jeremy, thank you again, man, for just always being a part of the show, man. Thank you for having me. Now, that was Jeremy Holder from Madison, Alabama, sharing his thoughts for his Crimson Tide. You know, good luck to Alabama the rest of the way. And, you know, I definitely think they're on the right track with Nate Oates as their head coach. Now, when we return, we're going to continue this basketball edition here on the Sweet Spot. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Hey, this is Teresa Reynolds for the Wicksburg Panthers. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Welcome back as we continue this basketball show with Alabama and Auburn uh, talk today. And currently I'm joined by Jake Everett, who lives in Arab, Alabama and North Alabama. So, Jake, thank you for being here today, man. Man, thank you. I, I really uh, was excited about it. I really appreciate you asking. Now, Jake, with your... Auburn Tiger team, man. I know you're diehard Auburn fan ever since I've known you. Uh, but if you could describe this year's team with one word, what would that one word be and why? Mm. Uh, one word, resilient. <laughs> so so why would you say they're resilient? Uh, just because this team is, is not like last year's team. Um, you know, last year's team could shoot the lights out. Uh, put up a ton of points, play great defense, you know, night in and night out. Uh, you knew they were going to be there. Although, you know, last year's team struggled more so in the regular season than this year's team has. I think this year's team is really overachieved, but, you know, every night, man, it's a, it's a struggle. You know, it's, it's a defensive effort. It's a, you know, force the game into overtime, you know, five overtime games in a row. Uh, and, and that's why I say resilient is uh, they just don't quit, and they're uh, they're twenty four and four, which is incredible for what was supposed to be a rebuilding year. 
Now, the reason why I was laughing when you said resilient is because I had Ben Givens on the show earlier and I asked him the same question and he gave the same exact response that you did as resilient. And uh, like you said, they've had multiple comfort behind wins. I mean, you talk about being down 14 against Furman, you know, 17 Tennessee, uh, 12 at the half against LSU. 19 against Ole Miss, um, and even against Arkansas when, you know, trail by 11 with six minutes left to go in that game. Um, and you kind of, you know, alluded about this team being different from last year's team. So, uh, you know, with last year's team having Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, Chuma Okiki that, you know, went all the way to the Final Four and was kind of robbed from that na- national championship opportunity. Are you at – I know you mentioned this was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but are you surprised at all that they're twenty four and four? Yeah, honestly, I mean, as compared to what I thought at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, I was hoping you know twenty wins, sneak in the tournament. Uh, I thought that would be a good year, um, but yeah, twenty four and four to be sitting with uh, three games left. Um, you know, I, I couldn't have imagined that they would be pushing for twenty five, thirty wins. Uh, when it all is said and done, it's it's really impressive to me, especially like I said before, the way they've done it. You know, they haven't had the you know nights where they make fourteen or fifteen threes, and uh, you know they've had to do it by driving the lane and and making foul shots and and being physical. So it's it's been really impressive to watch. So we've talked about the resiliency of this this year's Auburn Tiger team, uh, the double digit conference behind uh, victories that they've had, but. With the four losses that they have, you know, if you could turn around one of those losses into victories, which game would it be? Oh, it'd have to be Alabama. <laughs> I think if they don't, if they don't lose that first game in Tuscaloosa, and they just they got annihilated that night. I mean, they couldn't do anything right. Alabama did everything right. Um, but yeah, that's the one that hurt the worst because I, you know, I'm convinced, obviously, being the way I am about Auburn that they'd still be undefeated if they didn't lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I I think both times, you know, they've, they've had both, all four losses be right there together, back-to-back, you know, two losses at a time. And and I think, you know, to me, it seems like they reached a point, you know, in those first two games where, you know, they were, they were kind of playing, uh, playing everything close to the vest, you know, playing a little tight. And, you know, because of the undefeated record and everything that was on the line, they kind of, you know, went into Alabama, you know, didn't have a good night, lost, and then they let, you know, what you're never supposed to do, they let one loss turn into two. And I think it was the same thing with these most recent Missouri and Georgia losses. They lost to Kuro, kind of lost a little bit of their identity, and then, you know, let one bad game in Missouri turn into a second bad game at Georgia, and, and now they're sitting with four losses. But, you know, still in really good shape, you know, to be number two in the, in the conference and still have a chance to go to Rupp on Saturday and uh, make a statement, try to try to get to the point where they, they're uh, back in the driver's seat for the conference championship. With this year's team having quite a few new faces and some same faces, but just in different roles this year, um, which player has impressed you the most this season? Uh, I think it's got to be Austin Wiley. Um, you know, Okoro's flashy. He's great. He's probably going to be a one and done. He's awesome to watch. But uh, to watch Wiley and everything he's gone through in his career, 
and then turn that into, I remember, you know, early in the season when they were going through the non-conference, he was putting up double-double after double-double, and people were saying, yeah, but it's the competition. Once they get to to SEC play, he won't be doing that, and uh, he certainly has been, you know, night in, night out. The, the guy's a double-double machine. Uh, he, you know, when it comes to blocks, when it comes to uh, defense, perimeter defense, or not, interior defense, the, the guy is just fantastic. Um, I think they're really lucky to have him. They're lucky that, you know, he's been there for four years now. I never would have thought when he first came in that he would be there four years. And uh, I, I, I love the guy's game, man. I love his game. I love his heart. Um, I wish he would play every night like he did uh, last night against Ole Miss because he had a certain tenacity about him last night that, that he doesn't always have. And, that, man, if he could just be a little bit more aggressive – uh, you know, the same thing that I would say Macklemore back before he got injured, same way. You know, he had this aggressive thing about him that just made it hard to stop. And since he got injured, he's not quite the same. And Austin's that way, too, where he shows flashes, um, you know, where he can be really, really good. But then, you know, there are times where, you know, he can't handle the pass, you know, bobbles the ball off the dribble. Um, so he's certainly got his things to work on, but he's a guy that, that's a rock for me every night that I, that I know is going to be consistent. You know, he's going to get his 10 rebounds, probably going to get his 10 points. He's actually shot really well from the foul line, which is, was been a struggle for him before this year. So, uh, I, I think, uh, I think Austin's the guy that has been most impressive to me. We all know how great of a coach Bruce Pearl is and just the amazing job that he's done to turn around this Auburn tiger basketball program. Oh man. Yeah. Now, what is it about Bruce Pearl that separates him from the other good coaches in the in the country? I mean, what is it about Bruce that just makes him different? I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic question because um, I, I I wanted the same thing myself. I mean, a few years ago, Auburn was quite literally the worst uh, Division One college basketball team out there, the worst situation out there, um, and then for for him to come in and do what he's done. Is, is just beyond incredible. I mean, they can't get his statue up next to Charles Barkley out there fast enough. Um, the, to take Auburn to a Final Four, to win two consecutive conference championships, one in the tournament, one regular season. Um, and the, the guy can coach. Um, I, to me, his intensity is, is on another level as far as anybody else I've seen. I mean, uh, I think you know his players respond to him um, because they feel like he's he's genuine, you know he's he's got their back. He's doing everything he can to make them better, um, and and he's not shy about lighting into them when when it needs to happen. Uh, just uh, I want to say Saturday against Tennessee, uh, Dowdy was saying in his press conference how you know they they just weren't there on defense. They didn't have that intensity they needed. They didn't have the fight they needed, and he lit into him at halftime and. Uh, and it, it turned around, and, and that's what led to that big comeback. And I think that's what's different to me about Bruce and everybody else out there is the guy just plays on a different level when it comes to coaching intensity um, and his players responding, you know, when he, when, when he needs them to. Uh, I think that's what he's got over everybody else. Is he's, he's just got that connection with his players, and they, they know, you know, when he's, when he's telling you to turn it on, you better turn it on. And uh, and he gets it done. It's an it's it's been crazy to watch. Though I would have never thought he would have as much success as he has this quick. Now you know Bruce having his you know magnetic personality. How just people just gravitate towards him, and 
these Auburn family, how they've welcomed him in. Uh, he does the same thing for the Auburn athletic program, whether it's, you know, baseball, you know, football, it doesn't matter. You see him in all kind of uh, events with the Auburn uh, Tiger program. Uh, talk about that. Talk about just him being an Auburn man, as they say. No, and that's, you know, as far as like being part of the community, being part of the athletics department, uh, Auburn's really, I know he makes a lot of money, but Auburn's really getting way more than they pay for um, in Bruce. Uh, the guy's a genius when it comes to marketing the program, um, when it comes to, you know, publicity for not just his sport, but every sport, uh, women's basketball, baseball. You know, you saw him at the World Series uh, last year. You saw him at, you know, football all year. He's constantly with Gus and, and doing things with him. And, uh, man, if I'm another coach at Auburn, uh, the, the guy's just a blessing to have. I mean, who would have thought four years ago that Auburn football could use Auburn basketball as a recruiting tool? <laughs> and now, now you know, you've got a team that's competing for conference championships to bring football recruits in for visits on. And uh, that's something that just, you know, wasn't even a possibility just a couple of years ago. But then, you know, you have the times like, you know, the, the tornado – um, they came through, they killed, you know, several kids at one of the local elementary schools. Um, Bruce was one of the first ones there to help out, um, you know, had his team there, you know, and you constantly see videos of, you know, when they're away, you know, they're going to visit hospitals and, and doing things that um, is, is just really special in the community. And uh, I, I don't think that Auburn could have gotten any better of a hire when they got Bruce. Um, I just don't think there's a better guy out there when it comes to on the court or off the court. I mean, he's he's just a really impressive guy. Now, Jake, before I let you go, man, uh, tell me what's your thoughts going into March Madness? Uh, what concerns you about this year's team? Well, I, I think the most concerning thing is the the games they've lost, the four that they've lost, you know, were they just weren't even competitive in. And that's what makes me the most nervous going into March is if, if it's not there and they have a bad game, that they're going to get run over. Um, but I do think having a Coro back, um, you've got, you know, some really good seniors with Javon and Samir and Austin. Um, I, I think the one thing they got to get is Dangel. Um, the guy, that's the one guy that I think has regressed uh, over his couple years of being there. I, I expected a lot more from him. I felt like he was better, you know, his first year um, before he, he had to sit out. But they got to get some help from him, and I, I really think they can be dangerous if they can get everybody contributing, because they they got to have people like Dangel step up, and then uh, Jalen Williams and Devin Cambridge coming off the bench. They really got to have those guys. But I think you know with the double buy in the SEC tournament, um, that really bodes well for them. I, if they can get one or two wins in the SEC tournament and, and lock up, you know, a four seed maybe a three seed depending on how they finish out these last three games. Um, that should set them up really well because last time I checked, it looked like they were going to be in the South, um, you know, kind of cut us down on the travel time and hopefully you get a little bit better of a matchup. But um, I, I think honestly anything less than the Sweet 16 is a, is a disappointment for this team, the way that things have gone this year. I don't think you would have said that at the beginning of the year. Um, but now I think anything less than getting back to the Sweet 16 is, is going to be a disappointment. But, uh, you know, I, like I said at the beginning of the year, just making the tournament, you know, winning a game in the tournament would have been fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still, 
what most people thought was going to be a rebuilding year for Bruce. And you've got some really impressive recruits coming in for next year too. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde type thing when it comes to the tournament. You know, if this team can get hot, I think they'll do great. But, um, you know, I'm really interested to see how they play these last three games going into Kentucky this week and then, uh, starting out the SEC tournament. I think that'll kind of show what level they're going to be on when they go into the NCAA tournament in March. Jake, man, I truly appreciate you swinging by the sweet spot, man. Um, you know, good luck to your Tigers the rest of the way. And, you know, like I said, Saturday's matchup in Lexington should be a really good one, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Hey, thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I can't tell you how proud of you I am. I love the show, love what you're doing. Uh, really proud of you, man, and uh, keep doing your thing, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, Jake, man. I greatly appreciate it. So that was Jake Everett from ARAB Alabama sharing his thoughts on his Auburn Tigers uh, basketball season so far. Uh, this is a really good guy who's for Auburn thick and thin, no matter what the situation, no matter the sport. He is uh, definitely a diehard and a true Auburn fan when it's all said and done. Now, when we return, we're going to wrap up this episode of The Sweet Spot with my Corey's closing comments, Triple C as I call it. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports, where it's more than a game. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, and it's time for a Triple C, Corey's closing comments. And this is what I want to share with you today. Each day, find something different to be grateful for in your life, instead of always focusing on what hasn't happened yet. Uh, so many times in life, we're looking ahead, what the future holds. You know, we're not really focusing on the now. So, you know, it could be a job situation or you know, you're trying to move or you're just waiting for that next ball to drop. Don't worry about those things. Try to just be thankful for today, waking up and seeing another day. Just the things that are going in, going on in your current life, in the present time. Uh, so don't stress out on what hasn't happened yet. No, God has everything under control and he's working everything out for your good. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.